What's up, everybody? It's Chad. I'm back again with another episode of Ask Chad Grassy Logic. I'm here with my buddy Zach over here from Auto Cannabis up north. Welcome, Zach. Appreciate you What's joining up, me today, everyone? buddy. How are you guys yeah. doing? What's up, Chad? Uh, just kicking it, man. I'm really glad you joined me today, man. It's a, I'm excited to have you on the episode today. Oh, uh, dude, I'm excited too, man. I love what you guys are doing in Cruces Craft, and I'm excited to be on your podcast, bro. Hell yeah, bro. Hey, and I'm I'm ex I'm like ecstatic to have you on because I, I love what you guys are putting out out there you know just like straight craft stuff so yeah we'll get into the episode and we'll talk about more of you know alto and zach and everything right now so let's get into the episode so can you tell the people a little bit about alto cannabis who it is you know how it came about 100 percent. my name is zach trujillo uh owner lead grower janitor uh hand waterer <laughs> uh, it's pretty much a one-man show over here, so yeah. I kind of wear every hat at this place, which is really cool. Uh, the way we got started is we wanted to just bring quality to the market. You know, once cannabis became legal, started growing at home, and just like all of us, we loved the plant and fell in love with it, and it's brought us to this point. Yeah, 100%, man. And um, how long have you guys been, like, operating? So we'll be offering, we, we will, let's see, our one-year anniversary will be November. Oh, okay. So you're coming up a couple days. <laughs> yep, exactly. You're like mid-November. I'll have yeah. to look through my through my uh, photo album to see the date. But you guys going to do any events or anything for it, or or an event? No. So no? we just have a wholesale production facility. We just grow. We wholesale our product. So right. I mean, I may have a nice cigar and a uh, glass of whiskey. <laughs> there you go. You made the year, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome, bro. It's been wild. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so how long have you been in the industry yourself? Dude, so I got into the industry as soon as it became legal. Okay. So that's how long I've been in the industry for. Damn. So does that mean you, how long have you been growing too as well? I guess I should ask on so, top of that. Dude, that's a, that's a pretty controversial topic. So um, I've been growing for two years, two and a half years at this point. Oh, wow. You learned so, a yeah, lot. Yeah, dude. I've kind of, you know, I treat it like a science experiment. I have a, a bachelor's in biology. So okay. for me, I treat this place like it's it's all science-based. I'm yeah. continuously taking data, logging data, taking notes, review that, making changes, keeping track of what I'm doing. If something's not working, we switch it up. Dude, and I do that every day that I'm in the grow. Yeah. And that's what's helped me become the grower that I am in such a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you've gone strides compared to like other people I've known that have been growing, you know, sometimes even six, seven years. You know, it's, it's amazing to see that, you know, it only took you two years to get there. That's, that's quite amazing. And, um, what's up? Oh yeah. And so you were saying that you, you only have your production license, so there's no retail or anything. Do you have any plans for that in the future? So we're vertically integrated. Yeah. Okay. We're vertically integrated. So we have production manufacturing. Okay. And retail and yeah so, definitely there's plans for some type of retail or like operation in the future right now it's just focused on growing nice growing, building the brand you're growing high quality cannabis for all you people <laughs> and, and you know mexico needs it and you know we're we're we are getting better quality than like colorado and stuff like that you know um, these days which is great to see because back when we were medical it was really bad <laughs> it's true you know. competition is fierce right now Yes, exactly, dude. Like, it's crazy fierce. And, you know, we're, you know, a little, we're, we're a few months, about a year and a half, you know, maybe a little over since we've started adult sales. And it's just crazy how different our market is and how different it changes all the time. Cause, like, you know, I was talking with somebody the other day 
and we were talking about, you know, the first day of legalization, you know, they had the two lines, you know, the, the rec and then the medical lines. And, you know, you don't really see that anymore, um, which is, you know, interesting to think about. It's like, well, that was a thing, <laughs> you know, and now just, just a year later, it's not at all. Um, so it's really crazy to see and all these other brands popping up. There's new growers kind of popping up all the time, you know, and, you know, I'm seeing them online and all that. And, you know, you're at pop-ups all the time. So I see you, which is great. <laughs> you know, always bringing the fire with you too. Love seeing you guys at pop-ups, dude. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Yeah. The, the pop-ups are fun. It just sucks that we go to Albuquerque for most. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's always a good time with the cruise craft boys. Right. Hell yeah. So I've had your cannabis obviously on like several occasions, you know, like, you know, you, you let me try some, you know, we've had it in other places and everything. So let's talk growing. I mean, like it's interesting that, you know, you've been growing only for two years, but you know, you've gone this far. I mean, before we started the show, we walked through your facility and man, it's beautiful. You know, uh, there's a few things that I didn't even think about. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool how he did that. Cause you know, you built that box behind you, right? Yep. This is our yeah. custom control box that I uh, built for all our Trollmaster environmental controllers. Nice. And some people don't even know who Trollmaster is, which, you know, like coming in at two years, you're like, holy crap, he's got the Trollmaster on lock, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at Alta, we're a micro production facility. We hold the smallest license in the state. So we grow two, we can have 200 mature plants at any given time. So everything that we grow has to be quality. It has to be craft. This facility, I built this facility by my, me, my dad and my stepson. We built this facility together. Yeah. So, Dang. Pretty dialed. It's been a labor of love, dude. I take so much pride in everything that we're putting out here just because it has my name and my stamp on it. Yeah, dude, 100%. So, you know, it's, it's great that, you know, you guys are like mom and pop to that sense, like to the extreme, you know, like it's great. You know, and you guys are making it. Yeah, dude, it's been, it's been a fun, it's been a fun experience. And growing pot, it's hard work, bro. That's all I can say. It's a lot of hard work. <laughs> it is. It is a lot of work. So let's get back to the growing um, aspect. I want to just ask you, what are some tips on, you know, someone who, I mean, and this is a, a unique situation because you've been going to growing for two years. So some people will still call you a new grower, but you've had so much experience under your belt in that short amount of time. What could you share with someone who's just starting out growing cannabis? Coming from someone like you. Cannabis, good genetics. Yeah. <laughs> good yeah. Genetics solves 99% of problems. From yeah. there, you just have to learn the fundamentals of growing. Don't be afraid to fail. You will have many bad crops before you have really, really good crops. Yeah. So just 100%. don't give up. You, you have to just, we all start somewhere. Don't be afraid to start. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then don't be filled afraid. I'm afraid. Don't be afraid to fail. Just fail forward. You know, that's, that's really what I try to preach and tell people just, just fell forward. You know, that's, you know, that's the only thing I can say to you guys. Um, so what kind of style of growing are you doing? You know, like, uh, do you mind sharing any of that? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we grow, it's this form of hydroponics. We grow in cocoa, so low cool. volume, organic cocoa, mm -hmm. and we feed with uh, We do a cyanic approach to our growing. So that's salts and organics mm -hmm. and that's our style. Nice dude. Yeah. And you're going with LEDs and everything too. Yeah, we use LED lighting. LED lights are awesome. It's like a must-have now. Decreases your electric, your electrical usage. Also, the temps in your rooms are a lot lower, so you're not running your HVAC as hard. Yeah, so yeah. LEDs are the way of the future. And then, as you know, we're in, we're in a smaller facility, so our ceilings aren't crazy high. So yeah, LEDs, money. Nice. I have LEDs myself in my grow. You know, at home, and you know, I. I 
I love LEDs. Like this is the first time that I went to a four by four LED. Cause if you would have told me about five years ago, four years ago to LED, I would have told you to fuck off. Um, oh, yeah. cause they just weren't there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And I remember dude, like, I remember seeing grows when I was younger that HP like grow tents with HPS lights in the grow tents with, uh, you know, the silver ducting between them, blowing air to cool down the lights in the tent. Like, dude, it was, I remember those days. Oh, dude, yeah, you know, freaking trying to get air in there somehow to drop the temp, and, you know, you'd get close to it and burn your hair or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're having to bend your plants sideways because you don't want to touch the, the HPS light. Yeah, dude, that was the worst. <laughs> I remember that, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, like or worrying about, oh, are they going to grow too high for it? Are they going to touch the <laughs> light, you know? Yeah, I remember those worries, yeah. No more, though. Like, now, you know, most LEDs that I've seen, you know, you could touch the, you know, the ballast, and it's not going to, like, burn you. It's going to be warm, but it's not going to, like, ah, shit. Pick an egg. Even at 100%, they stay cool. Yeah. yeah, it's so awesome. Oh, yeah, it's great. I'm like, ah. Oh. And, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, uh, have uh, some reservations about going from HPS to um, LED, and that's fine. I mean, it's there's always some fears when, you know, you're going from one thing to a new thing. So, you know, they're like, oh, it just doesn't put out this and that and blah, 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 which, you know, I, I haven't seen the data myself, so I can't really make any arguments. It's just, you know, when one technology is on the way out, there's always going to be a fight, you know what I mean, to kind of keep it around. Totally. And, yeah, plus, you know, you want those uh, those rebates for using LED, too, you know? <laughs> that yeah, helps that's a lot. True. That's yeah. very true. Yeah, a lot of people don't know about those rebates. Yeah, rebates, uh, well, yeah, if you, you use a high-efficiency technology in your grow, you get a credit for it. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. If you guys didn't know what, you know, Zach just shared is hundred percent true. You do get a rebate if you use, you know, energy efficient stuff or even certain like water filters and, you know, systems like that can get you, uh, rebates, you know, so just keep that in mind for y'all out there. If you're looking forward, bro, looking to upgrade, you know, uh, LEDs will save you money in more ways than one, <laughs> especially here in the state. Um, so do you have, do you do any like uh, research and development? Do you have you like any of those rooms or do you kind of just do that at home? hundred percent. Well, in a commercial facility, you can't do any of that at home. Um, yeah. But yeah, totally. We have space here. Where we do a little bit of research and development. You know, that's the name of the game is having unique turps, you know, having yep. elite genetics or exclusive genetics that not other people have in New Mexico. So mm -hmm. that's where it's very important. You got to have your strains, your hunt, you're doing pheno hunts, you're popping seeds. Of course, it's a must in this game. Oh, dude, hundred percent. Because you know, it, it, I tell people all the time. They're like, "Oh, I'm gonna run this and this," and I'm like, "Ah, it's an old genetic now, man." You know, that was what three years ago. Um, so yeah, you, you got to stay on it, and you know, you're doing your homework, so that's great. You know, like, uh, well, what are you running right now? Do you mind me asking? Like, what genetics? Oh, we have uh, some fire cultivars in the hopper right now. Hell yeah! Uh, behind me, we have strawberry jam mm -hmm. uh, by Lemonade. It's a lemonade strain. Mm -hmm. We have Cap Junkie. That's um, Triangle Kush times uh, Miracle Alien Cookies. Or what, I can't, <laughs> alien Cookies times Triangle Kush. <laughs> the uh, names, man. Yeah, I can never yeah. get over the freaking names. There's too many to, to remember at this point. But yeah, Cap Junkie. We're doing a blueberry pheno hunt in there right now. So that's really exciting. So I'm, that's like one of my favorite turf profiles. So that's something that's like in the works right now. And our other uh, flower number two, we have Soap. And uh, that's a genetic that I got from Green Fuego, actually. It's nice. Not. Shout out to Green Fuego. Yeah, dude. Shout out to Green Fuego for that banger of a strain. Yeah. Uh, I got some Super Boof in there. The Super Boof is just an absolute slayer. It's been popular lately. You know, a lot of people have been, you know, loving that Super Boof, and it's, it's a good cultivar. 
Dude, it's a great cultivar, high testing. Our last uh, harvest tested at 30%, 30.6% THC on our super booth. Um, terps, intense, intense, tangy, citrus, mm-hmm. grapefruit mm-hmm. terps. Um, yeah, that's just an awesome strain. That, that strain put us on the map for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, 100%. Because <laughs> I saw um, over at, you know, um, well, if you guys didn't know, would you like to share who your cousin is? <laughs> yeah, so uh, my cousin is Eric Trujillo. He owns and is a lead grower at Green Fuego. So similar to me, we both run micro micro businesses and mm-hmm. we're both just bringing the heat. We're yeah. growing as well as we can possibly grow and sharing that with the community. Nice. And do you guys like, kind of share tidbits with each other? Like, hey, this is working for me. Oh, yeah. This isn't working. That's I mean, great. We're cousins. We were cousins. So we've been talking shit to each other since we were, <laughs> you know, five. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like, very regularly. And I've noticed that, you know, like you guys, especially like Green Fuego, you know, every time I go up there, you guys are all about community, bringing everybody together. And I, I love that. You know, there's too much, you know, um, infighting with everyone, you know, about this and that and the other, you know, this place versus that place. And to be honest, we don't even know if some of these places are going to make it to the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, you know, like we're all in that realm. So it's great to see that there's just more community and more togetherness because every time I'm up in Albuquerque, you know, like it's great to see that. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. You know, everyone's here chilling, you know, even if it's a, a competitor retail spot, like they're still there and they're still cool. And you know what? We could all collab in some way that way. So, you know, it's really good to see that. That's the vibe I like to see too. Heck yeah. Doing good Me- business, being ethical, being kind to each other. There's room for everyone. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah, the, the pie is so huge. You know, it's 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 massive. So, you know, we're just we're going through some growing pains right now here in New Mexico. <laughs> just like every state when they first went, you know, nothing's perfect right now. It's true. Uh, yeah, but dude, you're a pioneer in, in the whole community aspect of it. You Thank know, you. You're very involved in Crucis, and I see that. So we, you know, I think everyone's jealous of the of the community in Crucis. Really, this community strong there. Yeah, you guys host more events, I think, than any city in New Mexico. Dang. I guess I, I guess we just don't see it from you know looking from the outside you know from standing from the outside looking in you know we're just like oh it sucks down here Albuquerque has everything and then you guys are like it's great down there what are you guys talking about so yeah thank it's you for that you know huh? it's a little more it's a little more cutthroat in Albuquerque you know Cruces is all yeah. friendlier yeah it is there's there's a little bit of you know bickering here and there between some of them but it's not as bad you know I've on the medical side, I remember how crazy the drama was up in Albuquerque. You know, like, I'm like, holy crap, I'm sitting here down south just watching all this happen. So, yeah, totally. yeah I'm try to stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what is your favorite cultivar to grow right now that you have in the facility? Like, what's your favorite to grow? I would say smoke, too. My favorite to grow in smoke? So, we just grew a new strain, uh, Mandarin Cookies. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That has been my current favorite strain to smoke. Mm-hmm. It is like orange cream in your lungs. We had a uh, we processed some um, a while back, and yeah, that was still pretty good. I like oh, yeah, it. For, who'd you process some from? Do you know? I, I, I don't want to name the farm because oh, I can't okay. remember. <laughs> like I can't remember exactly which one. Huh? I need to get you some. I need to get you some of mine. Yeah, dude, but, but let us know. We'll we'll give it a pressy press. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Yeah, I really want to try them turps, man. Oof. Um, so yeah, we'll, maybe we'll do a collab or something. I'll have Josh hit you up, and you guys can talk about it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out after the show. Yeah, percent, bro. The sky's the <laughs> limit, yeah. dude. That's what I yeah. love about this industry. You can be as creative as you want to be, and that's yeah. awesome. 
you can be as, you know, as to yourself as you want to be, like a, a cult, or you can be open with the community, trying to work with as many people as possible, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. so, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, um, I would say, what was the first cultivar, since it was only two years ago, you probably remember, what was the first cultivar you grew? I never first asked First cultivar I grew, so, a mentor I had at the time, um, I was told, I said, dude, I want to be the best grower. I want to be the best grower that I can be. And he's like, well, I'm going to throw you a mean strain to grow. So he gave me Mac 1. Oh, really? Original cut of Mac 1, which is a very finicky plant. It's a, it's a hard plant to grow. She's very challenging. So that was the first monocrop I did in one of my rooms. It was a full room of Mac 1. And oh. it was a lot of work. It was like baptism by fire, bro. Holy crap. All right. Yeah. Just quick, curious. Are you doing crop steering? Of course, 100%. So nice. our growing style is it's fast like a Ferrari, bro. We're crop steering. Mm -hmm. Everything's enriched. Yeah, high PPFD, high CO2. Yeah. It's Heck it's, yeah. uh, it's rocking and rolling over here. Yeah, yeah, I I could tell just by seeing you know your your flower rooms, the mother rooms. I mean, even you know it's it's not like a huge facility. I mean, uh, you said you were growing in Connexes. That's that I couldn't even tell. Yeah. We have our facility built in uh, Connex containers. It's like um similar to like Green Jeans. If you've ever been to Green Jeans in Albuquerque, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I have. Really cool. Yeah, and um, for those down south, um, there's a similar place in El Paso that has um, Connexes built up to have a cool little area. So, don't know the name, but I know there's one in El Paso, too. You know, got to kind of remind those people. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, crap. So, what do, you, do you have anything, like, planned in the future for any events to attend any? Like, are you going to be here down south next week? Or actually, it's this week. week. Um, sorry, it's this week for Halloween. Oh, my days are all mixed up. <laughs> you know, dude, for me, I run, I run a, like a one man facility over here. So a lot of my time has to be spent here at the grill, unfortunately at this point, yeah. but I always try and support events, even if I can't make it. And these dispensaries yeah. that we work with, I, uh, if they're having an event or something cool, uh, here at Alta, we're always trying to sponsor them whatever we can with promotional pre-rolls, something cool of that nature. Stickers, yeah. something. So if we're not there, we want to show support and love to the community. And we're just trying to help everyone. Okay. Yeah, 100%, dude, because I've seen you at the events, you know, and, like, even if you're not, like, um, set up, you're there to support, you know, you're like, no, I'm just here to say hello to everybody, and then, you know, you, you got to get back, so that makes sense, you know, sometimes you're, you got to be so short, you know, like, all right, bye, bye, totally. <laughs> totally. so, but, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, the support, you know, that you um, are given to the community, and, you know, f from the start, because some people don't do that, you know, they just keep to themselves, like, no, no one can come into my dispensary, <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. That's a that's a that's a big way. I try to break that. I don't want to be like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not in touch with the community, you don't have your pulse in the community. How can you deliver them what they want? Yeah. You know, you got to be. I'm like, I'm always like, what terps are people looking for? What product do people want? Like, what do they want to see? What's some cool like new shit? Like, if you're not mixing it up and you know, meeting cool people like you, Chad, and your boys at you know, up in Crucis, like, dude, I love, I love, dude, this the the back and forth of ideas. Yeah, hundred percent. Me too. too. <laughs> oh yeah, you know it's a great time. You know, Eric will show up in his you know crazy little motorcycle electric thing. What is that? Is it a, is it a trike? Is it a trike? <laughs> the electric trike. Yeah, that thing yeah. is average. <laughs> that thing is so. Can he? How fast is it going? I think he says sixty miles an hour. Yeah, I think so. Sixty or seventy. So badass. Uh, that's funny. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Eric of Fuego, he has this uh, electric trike that he takes to every event. If you're on my socials, you've probably seen it, and just rides it around, and it's great. I mean, 
I want to try to go 60 on it one day, but that's kind of scary. <laughs> no, you, you need like a full helmet and leathers if you're going to like mob that thing. Oh, yeah. That, I'll Savage. keep it to 10. <laughs> so dope, dude. Custom made trike. Really cool. Uh, I didn't know it was custom made. You know what? When you guys come down, we got to uh, show you the motorcycle. Um, the guy of uh, Las Cruces Smoke Shop, he took a jet ski and he put a motorcycle inside of it. <laughs> Is it hilarious? Oh, it's great. It's so funny because it looks like he's, he has the regular jet ski handles on it that works with it and everything. And you see it riding by and, you know, it's like that high from the ground. So you just see the tires. It just looks like a jet ski riding on the street. It's great. <laughs> he's living in like 2100. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the world's full of water, but there's a little bit of land. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the real water world situation i guess uh nice man well is there anything else you want to share with us before we move on man i mean this has been a great you know conversation and everything and you know the, the grow is beautiful if i mean if you want you can show show off the grow i don't know if you're gonna run into network issues though yeah i probably will yeah um, but yeah i mean dude all it also we're a small craft micro business we're not growing lots of quantity we're just trying to grow quality and bring the best way that we can grow to the community. And that's what our goal is, dude. Hell yeah. I do ethical yeah. business, treat everyone with respect, and just grow some fire weed. Heck yeah. I mean, that's all we could ask for. You know, just good product, good price, you know, and, you know, people that actually care about their product. You know, instead of someone just like, oh, it's moldy. Oh, whatever. We'll, we'll just put it aside, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but yeah, where can, where can people find you um, on, you know, the socials and the internet and everything? Oh. 100%. So the best way to keep in touch with us and follow us is on Instagram, Alto Cannabis NM. Easy. Uh, Alto Cannabis <laughs> NM. Uh, we're private. We're private because a lot of cannabis, cannabis IG accounts get deleted all the time. So request to follow. I'll follow yeah. you back or accept your requests. You know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah, because uh, some people are a little standoffish when they see that. Like, oh, they're never going to accept me. But that makes sense why you do that. You know? Yeah. Got to keep your accounts. It's so crazy how they just, you know, cracked out on us like that. And uh, real quick before we step off, for those who, you know, aren't too keen to Spanish, what does alto mean? Alto. So alto means stop in Spanish. It's also slang for high. Okay, so there you go. For high. So that's why we chose it. And then, you know, we're all Hispanic. My mom's Mexican. So I yeah. like to do some homage to, homage to my culture too, you know? Heck yeah. You know, and I see that every, you know, even with Green Fuego, you know, like, you know, that's a cool name. Um, oh, but you, with the title, I was going to put, you know, stop or high, but I was like, I don't think people know what all, what, what really is going to come from. <laughs> yeah. We always, we have like a lot of little slogans, stay alto. You know? <laughs> That's pretty dope. I like that. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, I appreciate you joining me, man. We'll continue the conversation with some other, uh, topics and stuff, but you know, I thank you so much for, you know, coming on, talking about your business, um, you know, sharing You've only been growing for two years. I had no clue. I couldn't even tell. <laughs> Dude, thank you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's on point. So can't wait to see what else you put through. So we'll continue the conversation. And, uh, yeah, we'll go on from here. So uh, the next uh, topic we got is uh, New Mexico or, you know, New Mexico Tax and Rev is cracking down on tax evaders. So those of you out there who don't know what I'm talking about, so if you are a business, you have to pay your taxes. And some of the cannabis um, retails, because that's what this article is specifically talking about, it's talking about retails not paying their taxes, um, like sp specific ones. They didn't really name any. 
but you know that's kind of important if you don't pay your taxes um you can get into a lot of trouble and then you know not be able to renew have you been seeing people running into that up there oh yeah i mean you know taxes are so important being compliant is so important you have to follow the rules if you want to mm -hmm. be in this game for a long time so yeah. i mean that all i can say is i i think everyone should follow the rules pay taxes <laughs> um have a good cannabis accountant project what your taxes are, are going to be and save quarterly or something like that mm -hmm. yeah you have to pay your taxes you got to stay compliant it's of the utmost important and yeah when you see people not paying taxes closing down because they can't pay taxes it's sad to see that stuff yeah 100 percent. you know and it's you know it's sad but at the same time they had every opportunity to do it right and some of them just are flat up like i'm not doing that i don't like the government i'm like yeah but they're the ones who run this <laughs> and you have to play yeah. by their rules that's the game you, you joined it's true dude it makes me think of a topic that you brought up earlier and it's what you know how do you help your community mm -hmm. Yeah. How you help, what do you do for your community? And I think yeah. as, you know, cannabis producers and dispensaries, we're all in the same boat where our tax money is what helps our community. Mm -hmm. You know, we're running our businesses. We're providing jobs to people. That helps our community. We're growing really good weed, which makes people happy. Yes. <laughs> and we're paying taxes to the state. And fingers crossed they do something good with that money. You know, I can't speak mm -hmm. on what they do with it, but it should be reinvested in the communities. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and you know, I'm one of the people who are probably a few people who believe that we should be able to vote to where our taxes go. But that's a perfect world, right? <laughs> so, um, just to let you guys know, in this article, I guess um, the Tax and Revenue Department here in New Mexico they've been contacting all these retailers to let them know that they didn't file their tax returns and pretty much didn't pay their taxes. So now they're trying to say some of those people are like trying to pay it off. So some of these people either had the money set aside and like, oh, my bad, you know, just paid them. Or others were like, ooh, we're going to have to we're gonna have to sell a couple pounds really quick, you know, to, to try to make up for that. And that's unfortunate that some have, you know, waited that long to get to that point, you know. And like yeah. asking you, wait, wait, other than what you said, what are some other tips you can think of that, you know, you implement to kind of remind yourself? Oh, dude, I mean, organization is key. For me, mm -hmm. like I said, I wear a lot of hats in this facility. <laughs> Grower, yeah. you know, finance, you know, tracking all my finances, being aware of that type of stuff. So I think it's just being really organized, um, tracking your expenses, tracking your sales, knowing what tax bracket you fall in, and then putting those funds aside for when tax season does come. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, so that, that's, that's smart. That's how I do it, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, good, maybe that could save someone's account. business. What'd you say? I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, and get a good accountant who knows what they're doing. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, don't think that you can do it yourself. Y'all you know? like, you know, it's still beneficial to have someone who knows what they're doing, especially like when it comes to taxes, cause you don't want to mess that up. Um, you have to have a CPA do your taxes for cannabis. There you go. So yeah, you have, to have so, a certified public accountant do it. So yeah. And I'm sure some of these people, some probably didn't even know that. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I, well, I'm not going to do it or read any of that. Cause you know, you know, some people get, you know, just don't want to do it. So it is what it is. And at the end of the day, you know, if you don't file your taxes here in New Mexico, or, you know, if you pay, don't pay your taxes, you can't renew your license. So, you know, like it's kind of a shot in the foot, you know, you're only able to operate for a year, spent all that money and now it might be in a hole. So, you know, just a testament out there, guys pay your taxes. And um, just a couple more information from the article. Um, it says, um, 
80 of them were brought into a compliance. So it looks like out of those, out of the 100 that they contacted, only 20 haven't. Um, so that's good to hear, but at the same time, like, good Lord, a hundred, you know, like, oh, that's crazy. Like you guys need to be a little bit more on it, you know, and so they don't have to contact you because it's not good when they do that. You know, they shouldn't be contacting you all the time to pay your taxes. Um, so it looks like the tax and revenue is verifying with the CCD. And that's one way that they're finding out is they're going through the CCD to verify that they have a license and that they do need to pay taxes. So if you guys are curious, like, well, how they find out? Well, well that's how. Um, yeah, they're supposed to file gross receipt tax and cannabis excise tax returns, um, even if they don't have any sales. That part I didn't know. So even if you have no sales, you still have to file, which makes sense, to be honest, at the end of the day. Um, and it looks like they collected more than $47 million of excise tax from retailers. Um, and it goes into the general and local fund. Um, so that's kind of like the answer to our other question. Like, hope it goes somewhere, but when it goes into the general fund, that's essentially just the state's budget, and they kind of pull from that. So, you know, it's the general fund uh, for those who didn't know. So that's everything I had on the, the tax evasion one. It's kind of a short one. I just felt like it was important for those out there who maybe think that, you know, they're going to get by. You probably won't. So do you have anything before we move on, brother? Dude, I didn't know that, that uh, the state's generated $47 million dollars in excise tax on retailers. That's awesome. That's $47 million the state didn't have. Yeah. You know, and it's like, guys, you know, you're helping us out. You know, that could go to education, possibly. You know, that could go to, you know, possible roads with potholes because there's parts here in Las Cruces that, you know, some people are like, oh, my God, I drive down this street and I feel like my tires are going to fall off. So, you know, it, it could be beneficial to, you know, the whole state. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, 47 million is huge. I agree. Yeah, any of the billions, but, you know, millions help. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. So, we'll get there uh, for sure. Heck, yeah. So, moving on um, to our final topic. Um, this past week, or actually just this Monday, um, myself and a couple of ladies had the Las Cruces Industry Sess Town Hall meeting, first one of its kind. Um, we invited a bunch of local cannabis businesses and ancillary businesses Um to come and voice their opinions on really what's working um, with the current laws that we have and rules and the way that things are going and what's not working. Of course, we gave everybody you know a little time to uh, give like a little testimony. Only one person did, but it was really great. Afterwards, you know, we all got to network, hang out, you know, really kind of feel like an industry. You know what I mean? Like you know, be able to talk to each other. And you know, a bunch of people got to uh, network and you know maybe get some possible. Uh, projects going on with each other so that was great to see and you know we're actually going to do another one in albuquerque in december in albuquerque and i hope you can show up much needed i'll be there heck yeah man you know and then we'll spread that we have more than enough time so i'll be spreading the news and everything and do all the shares so yeah it'll be, be great to see you know what you guys have to say because it's going to be collectively to figure out you know what we need to do you know this come january that's cool. And that's the sense of community that I'm talking about that goes down in Las Cruces. Yeah. Those types of organizations and meetings and, you know, it's, it's, it's necessary. So that's cool that you're spearheading that. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. You know, and I'm not the only one, you know, I got to thank, you know, Tracy Martinez, um, Nicole Jordan, uh, Valerie Hubbard and Carol Maravantes. I mean, they're all got together with me and, you know, we spearheaded this together and got it done within less than a week. So that was, that was really cool. Um, so I'm going to share with everyone here what the local people here in Las Cruces have to say, the pros and the cons. I'm not going to stick around too much on them. If there's something of topic, you know, please, by all means, you know, stop me. We, we could discuss it and I'll, I'll do the same. 
because uh, some of this stuff is very interesting. Like the very first one is uh, we're not overran by MSOs. There are MSOs here, but it's not like a state like, you know, uh, you go to Colorado and there's, there's quite a few MSOs there. Um, so uh, that was refreshing for them to see. It's only been a year, but at the same time, you know, it's great that they didn't flood a whole market from the beginning. Um, yeah. Um, the next one would be the responsiveness um, of the CCD. Don't get me wrong, they're not perfect, but anytime I've called the CCD, they've called me back with the answer or if they've answered it right there on the spot. Um, at the very beginning with the CCD, it was a little weird, but I mean, they were processing hundreds of licenses a day. I mean, those people were stressed, so I get it. But, you know, the responsiveness of the CCD was another thing they said was, was a pro. Um, I don't know if you have any personal stories about that or not. Um, yeah, the CCD is awesome. Um, they keep black market or attempt to keep black market weed out of the legal market here. I think that's uh, yeah. something that's good. Um, as far as as far as their communication, I think they were really bad at the beginning and they've gotten better, but they still have a long ways to go with having the infrastructure for producers and retailers and manufacturers to get in contact with them. Heck yeah, 100%. Um, the next one down the list is accessibility for micro licenses, which I agree. You know, I mean, micro licenses are very readily available. You can get them fairly easy. My only gripe, and, and you know, that's down at the con, uh, would be plant count. And we'll talk about more of that when we go to cons, because I mean, that's a huge thing. And, you know, a couple of um, suggestions were in there, and I want to, you know, share it with everybody. Um, so the next one would be a variety of product. Um, so, like yourself, you know, there's there's quite a bit of different genetics and different cultivars out there, and you know, I'm I'm glad to see that too because when we first opened, I don't think you remember the the slurricane, you know, that was running around everywhere, just everywhere. It was just nothing but slurricane. Do you remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's good to see that there's more than just slurricane out there these days. We have a wide variety, <laughs> and it'll only get better. Yeah, with competition, it'll get better. Seriously, Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. Um, uh, public involvement for policy change. Um, I, this might be a Las Cruces thing, um, but I did notice that Albuquerque um, shot down an ordinance for home grows to be banned um, in the city. So, I mean, that was huge. I mean, the city got together and fought that, and they didn't even vote on it. That's how unpopular it was. So I was like, that's great. That's good to hear. It didn't even make the, the agenda. Um, so, I mean, do you have any personal experience on that, you know, kind of Oh yeah, I mean, I started growing at my house. I think that everyone should be able to grow their own cannabis. It's the yeah. freedom we have, especially in a legal state. And yeah. you know, there's nothing like growing your own weed and smoking it. It's one of the best feelings in the world. So I yeah. think everyone, if they have the interest in growing pot at their home, they should try and cultivate it. Heck yeah, man, me too. I mean, I, I still grow at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's a fun thing to do. Um, yeah. So this next one um, is an interesting one. Values medicinal aspects. So. Um, pretty much what that means is just that we keep the medical part of the uh, program, you know, near and dear to our heart. Now, this is just what someone had said. It's not, you know, what I believe or anything. This is just collectively what people had, you know, given opinions on. Um, I, I feel, you know, the program numbers for medical have kind of gone down a little bit um, and certain places don't really care, but um, there is that aspect that medical is still here and it still is important. I just kind of hope that we can continue that and improve the medical program in the future. I think the medical program is awesome. Um, you are exempt from excise tax and I believe gross receipts tax. So yes. or maybe just excise tax you're exempt from, but yeah, it's yep. awesome for the, our patients. 
Yeah, yeah I don't I don't pay taxes on my cannabis, and it's amazing. <laughs> you know, Let's go. that's like I'm legally sticking it to the man. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> I agree. So um, another thing that someone says is it keeps the treatments open, meaning that if you have like a medical cannabis card or your cannabis holder, you can still. Um, through your doctor, um, use prescription pills. There's no law against that in the state. That'd be, a, you know, to your doctor's discretion if he or she feels like that, you know, cannabis and the prescription that you're using work good together. Um, so okay. that's good to hear because I think there's probably a couple states like, no, if you have the marijuana, you can't do nothing. So, yeah, yeah, there's still the states out there. <laughs> um, communication between local and state levels. Um, that is a pro. Um, sometimes it's not, but it's better than other states from what I've seen. You know, some other states, it's really hard to kind of get the government um, involved or kind of in the know. So that's good to see. You know, I mean, there's really not much of that. New Mexico Pride, the next one. This one I can agree with 100% because we try to keep everything New Mexico. You know, we don't want to be like Colorado. We don't want to be like California. We don't want to be like Washington. We don't want to be like Oregon. Yeah, we definitely don't want to be Oklahoma. So, you know, like the best way to do it is just to, to keep true to ourselves. And I've noticed there's been businesses that just, like yourself, even with the name, you know, try to stay near and dear to, you know, Nuevo Mexico. And so, you know, that I love that. And, you know, like I even see packaging over at High Lonesome as a green chile. You know, it's like a the whole package itself is a big green chile and the, the weeds in it. It's so cool. <laughs> that is cool, yeah. Yeah, so um, that, yeah, I love. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it to yourself around up in Albuquerque. Yeah, and then Pride's awesome. We all love the Zia symbol. You know, I love when I'm snowboarding in Colorado or something, and I see someone with the Zia symbol on their helmet or on their board, or I'm just like, hey. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you yeah, know. We, all love, we all love New Mexico, and yeah, I love repping it too, bro. Yeah, 100%. You know, it, it, it's home, so, you know, you've got to gotta rep it. You know, we're a small state, but still, you know. So um, the next one down the list on this is job creation. So it created a lot of jobs. And I mean, I, I can't disagree with that at all. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of jobs that were made through this and, you know, they continue to kind of be created and grow. And, you know, it's not just bud tending that you can do in this industry. 100%. Dude, I think the job creation has been one of the best things that's came from this. It created a new job for you, created a new job for me, for employees that we have. For the dispensaries employees, for the manufacturing employees. So, yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's a ton of jobs. I think that is awesome. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and this one, next one kind of ties into the, you know, uh, values medical aspect is the opportunity to create standard medicine. Uh, meaning, you know, that next week when you go and get that edible, it's going to give you the same effect or similar effect that it you know, gave you the first time, you know, it's, it's consistency. Um, or if you go and get some flour and, you know, last week it smelled like, um, lemonine, but this week it smells like pinene, you know, that's not consistent. So, you know, that, that's kind of what they mean. And so we're getting a little more consistent with products and everything. And that's great to hear. Um, you know, and this is coming from industry. This isn't coming from the public yet. You know, we're going to do that at a different date. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, as a grower, we're held to very strict standards. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good thing. Delivering clean medicine to the people, clean herb to the people. You know, that's the one thing that I think we don't like about sometimes about black market products is you don't know where the hell they're from. You know, you don't know what's in them. So it can yeah. be a problem. Heck so, yeah, 100%. You know, yeah, because dirty grows can hurt people. You know, they're like well, some people don't believe that. You know, like someone got sick the other day from smoking moldy weed, you know, down here in Cruces. So, 
Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's it's scary. You know, like you so check your cannabis people. You know, it's uh, there's some people out there who just don't care. Not a lot. Don't get me wrong, but there are some. Um, yeah, I mean, now that there's healthy options, we can care. You know, when you when it was the traditional market, you had no choice. But now there's there's healthy options. There's legal stuff. So yeah, let's go. <laughs> I was just laughing because I remember the Reggie days getting little surprises in my ounces. <laughs> Dog hair, cat hair. <laughs> cat hair, ribbons. <laughs> Shoelace. Yeah. Someone's hair. <laughs> Is this Chapo's? <laughs> um, so the next one down the list is proactive towards the ending of stigma, uh, the, the stigma, excuse me. So here in the state, yeah, I have noticed that we are trying really hard to end the stigma, especially down here in the South. Um, don't get me wrong that not everybody is kind of helping with that. You got the goons who s try to smoke out of a noodle in Walmart, um, who does, who don't help. But, you know, for the most part, you know, we're really trying our best to show that, you know, we're responsible users. There is a way that we can have fun and use cannabis, you know, like they have wine fest where people go and have a great time. You know, we can be cannabis users and be together and smoking cannabis and it'd be fine. You know, so the, it's great to see that that's something that people have noticed too, is the fact that. Um, we're trying to end the stigma here in the state. And that's something that I've pushed for years is to end the stigma on cannabis. Very cool. Yeah, I support that 100%. I think it is still very much stigmatized. Um, and that's even shown with rec lounges. You know, when you want to go to a lounge, you have to smoke and behind walls and people can't see you and yeah. you can't be outside enjoying, you know, enjoying the fresh air while you smoke a joint. Yeah. You know, I, that's, that's a stigma that still exists. No, 100%. Because... You know, at certain bars and even in Albuquerque, because I've been there, you know, there's three foot fences um, in the downtown area. And the only difference between you and the person smoking is that little flimsy three foot fence. You know, like that's, yeah, that, that's a little ridiculous that I have to hide behind a wall. No one can see me do it, but, you know, they're vaping and smoking cancer sticks like nothing. So, I mean, I just want it to make sense. You know what I mean? Like that right now there's certain things that don't make sense. Like we're, we're stuck in the basement still with certain things, you know, especially with the consumption lounge stuff. Cause uh, still here, new. yeah, it's still on new and it's going to take time, but it's also going to take us fighting um, for these changes to happen for it to really um, take effect and, you know, happen. So, but it, it takes time, man. And, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, unfortunately, you know, that's, it is what it is. It took me like seven years to help pass legalization here in the state in the first place. So it'll Crazy. take some time. Yeah. Very cool. oh, yeah. A lot of failing um, on that. So uh, the next one, which, you know, I've kind of noticed this for the most part that and they kind of just don't give a shit anymore is um, good relation with law enforcement. Um, here in Las Cruces, um, during one of the city council hearings, uh, um, uh, the chief, I think it's called the chief and the police. I, I forget. Uh, anyway, um, she told us that, yeah, you know, cannabis, we're not really worried about it. The only time we're going to, you know, say something to you is if we see you downtown smoking a joint. Um, and even then, we're just going to ask you to put it out. And if you don't put it out, then, you know, obviously things get escalated. But I was like, that's actually pretty cool. You know, instead of like, hey, just like, hey, man, can you put that out? I'm like, oh, my bad. Boop, boop, boop. No big deal. Wait cool. till you get somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it, guys. You know, we should be able to smoke wherever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But. I mean, there's a way things are and um, we think should be. And right now, until we change it, that's the way things are. Um, yeah, how how do you notice? Yeah. I think it's pretty lax for the most part. I think it's moving in the right direction. This is my one of my employees behind me. Say hi, Malik. How's it going? Good surprise. Defoliating. <laughs> <laughs> He's defoliating today. Heck yeah, important. Uh, yes, important yeah, for the totally, girls defoliating. Totally, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a real deal. We're over here grinding, bro. No days off. 
<laughs> yeah, I know that feeling, man. <laughs> I don't know the last time I had a day off, really. So, but yeah. you know, it's it's all for the work, all for the plant, and all, all to you know make something great out of this industry here. So, heck yeah, man. Um, going down the list, there's only a few more left on the pros, and then we'll get to the cons. Um, so, active towards educating parents. Now, this part. Um, I don't know if they're talking about me or, or the industry because I feel like I'm the only one that's really preached about parents needing to talk to their kids about cannabis. And I've, I've only seen maybe a small handful of people, but it's being noticed. And ha have you noticed it up north? Because this is great. I can ask you the north stuff and I can answer the south. I have three kids. Mm -hmm. I have three kids. So, yeah, um, it's very important, very important for me to educate them on cannabis. But also don't leave, you know, if you have a kid, don't leave edibles around. I don't leave really anything around them for that yeah. reason, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I think you definitely need to educate them. You know, they have to understand what's happening and what's going on and why you use it. But they also have to understand that it can be it's harmful for kids. So, yeah, keep that shit away from them, you know. Yeah, 100%. And then, uh, good for you for, you know, doing your due diligence and teaching your kids about cannabis versus just leaving it out or lying to them, you know. if. If you smell this smell, run away or, you know, something crazy. You know, at least you're being honest with them. Because I'm honest with my nephews about it. You know, like, uh, Theo Chad, what are you doing? Huh? Smoking my medicine, dude. <laughs> you know, like, just being honest with them, you know. And, like, try to put it out or something. Like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I'd be honest with them. And, I mean, you know, I smoke, I smoke regularly. So, I mean, my kids do see me smoking, you know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, kids see parents drinking, you know, I mean, they're going to see them smoking yeah, I cannabis. I mean, uh, we, we all, I grew up seeing my teacher parents drink. So, I mean, it's whatever, you know. Totally. totally. <laughs> Teachers you love know, to party, too. When you have kids, it's like everything in moderation, you know. That's kind of, yeah. you, you got to be a good role model for your kids and teach in moderation. And that's that's another principle that, you know, I think is important. Yeah. And for, for a while this earlier this year, I was really touting the, you know, it's 420. Do you know where your kids are? You know, yeah. just to kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you like that one? Yeah, you can use it. <laughs> it's something I was really trying to, you know, push. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's just a reminder to the parents, like, where are your kids? You know, because um, my dad was a teacher, as I said, for the longest time. And most of the kids, when they get alcohol or drugs, it came from someone they knew, either a family member, they stole it from a family member or was given it to them, et cetera. So um, if you talk to your kids more about it, hopefully, and you know, don't leave it out. Hopefully your kids won't get a hold of it, you know, because totally. they do ID at the dispensaries. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 100%. So um, going down to the next one, variety of retail options. And, you know, I can be one to say that 1,013 retails in the state is more than enough uh, variety for, you know, everyone. So, I mean, yeah, that's, it's oversaturated, but I mean, that that's that's true. You know, we, we have a wide variety of places to choose from. Um, especially up in Albuquerque. <laughs> a little too many locations to choose from. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, like I can't, uh, I can't kick a can without hitting a dispensary down there. So yeah, it's it's ridiculous. There's parts here in town that's the same way, but nothing like Albuquerque, and it's changing. It's starting to slowly, you know, level out. So that's good. And we won't have too many, but we'll still have a wide variety. Unlike when it was medical, we only had like a few dispensaries. Albuquerque had most of them, so you guys were fine. But down south, oh my god, it was bad for years, dude. Um, I used to have to go to like Rio Doso to you get know, my cannabis. Like that, what I like about that like variety of retail options, it just makes me think it's like the market is kind of saturated with the same product. Like Everyone kind of has the same edible company, carrying the same edible brand. Everyone's kind of carrying the big flower brand. So that's what makes us micro-producers 
like awesome. <laughs> yeah. We're, we only have a limited supply. We're not in every dispensary. Like our flour, our products are special. There's a very limited amount in New Mexico. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's, that's what I think about. No, I, I agree with you on that. And that's one thing that we were pushing when we wanted to pass legalization was push for micro license, micro license, because we kept saying the micro licenses, they're going to be craft. You know, they're not going to be these big MSO or big, you know, money guys that are just pushing out weed to push it out. These guys are going to be small grower craft guys. And it's going to be good cannabis. And, you know, you, yeah, we were right. <laughs> and I'm glad we were right on that one, man. Um, yeah. 100%. And uh, going down the next one, um, it's created a community. And um, there was already a, a small community in you know, New Mexico's cannabis, but now it's kind of created a statewide community. And that's awesome to see because, you know, being down here in the South, our community wasn't as like it is now. Like I was no more known in Albuquerque because of the fact that I did all my work up there back in the day for all those years because there was just nothing down here and all the laws and stuff get passed up North. So it, it's great to see that people are talking about, oh, okay, we have a community here now. I'm like, yes, we do. <laughs> love it dude you know we're we're definitely big with community i know you are too and you know one a, a community that i'm new to that i really appreciate and like is the heady community yeah the heady community the connoisseur community like that's a new community that i've been vibing with and big shout out to all those you know you're you included yeah. i appreciate it man yeah you know and i'm just getting into uh i wasn't much of a dab guy i was more of a flower guy um you know for many many years and so now just recently this year you know getting hooked up with cruises craft you know things are kind of slowly changing so becoming a hash head 100 <laughs> percent. but I, how can i not you know i love some hash some really good tasty hash walls in a minute oh, i love some good yeah. hash bro. Oh. yeah can't go wrong with that dude especially a hash hole oh. <laughs> so um I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Stonehead always brings the best hash, dude. Oh, he does, dude. <laughs> he always does. He just pops out. Smell this, and I'm like, "What is this from? The moon?" <laughs> <In> heaven? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Where did you get this?" <laughs> yeah, this is out of the, out of this world, bro. Holy crap! Um, the next thing down on the list, and there's only like two left. Um, trailblazers for other states, and, and that's true. Um, I've, you know, been in contact with people from other states and other markets and, you know, they've said that, you know, you guys did a really good job in New Mexico, um, with your regulation. Um, of course here, you know, we're very, you know, we're going to poke at it as much as we can cause we're in it. But the people that are looking from the outside in from other markets are like, holy shit, they did that. That's cool. You know, consumption lounges, that's a good idea. drive throughs what? You know, like, you know, I've heard all of these positive things. Yeah, you know, the, the other states don't have these. We even have walk-up windows. Do you guys have those in Albuquerque? You know, and not, not in any dispensaries that I go to. Yeah, we have here in town, we actually have walk-up windows. Instead of a drive-thru, you just walk up to the window. Yeah, it's... I like it's, to interact with everything. That's my, my dispensaries where you can go interact and, yeah. you know, see big jars of weed and smell it and look at smell it. Smell it and the whole yeah. shebang. Yeah, yeah, 100%. My vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of people's vibe too. So you know, I'm glad that we have uh, options for everybody. I guess is what I should say. Um, and then the the last one would be that you know it's it's a very progressive program, and I, I gotta say it is. You know, and you know, there's still changes uh on the horizon for us, and hopefully they they remain progressive, and uh, we remain you know a trailblazer for you know regulation here in the states. There's a lot of smart people who are in this industry. A lot of people who are passionate about it. You know, you're you're included in that, dude. We're all fighting for the greater good of this. So I think it's oh, yeah. going to continue to get better as the years progress. 
Appreciate it, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and thank you for that. You know, it's, it's been a long time coming, <laughs> Totally. you know, so I need to take a shot every time I say totally. <laughs> I'd be lit right now. <laughs> you, you should go back and watch this and then count how many times, you know, just start, start a drinking game with it <laughs> or token game. Yeah, I'd be taking a nap before the end of the episode if you do a token game. <laughs> All right, so we're going to we'll move on to the cons now. So the part that probably I'm, I'm sure everybody wants to hear. Um, so one of the cons that was spoken about, and some of these get a little specific. You know, the, the pros were kind of, you know, generalized for the most part, uh, but they got really specific when it came to the cons for some of them. Uh, the first one would be the agricultural aspect. Um, what I think they meant by that as a con is the fact that it's not treated as the rest of the agricultural crops in the state. I think that's what that means, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. Um, which, you know, that's been the, the old argument is, you know, we should be as legal as tomatoes and I should be able to sell it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the only one problem with that is tomatoes don't get me high. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I don't want a kid getting a hold of a tomato that gets them high and, you know, possibly something like that. That's the only thing that I have would be the difference. Other than that, I think you should be able to sell it at a farmer's market if I can go buy a beer, you know, at a taco shop, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's a slippery slope. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, it's one of those things, it's like, you know, how, how regulated can it get and how deregulated can we get? You know what I mean? Like, how far is too far, you know, to where it's like, all right, you know, this is a little ridiculous. Um, like, uh, in New York, you know, they were smoking weed everywhere. And I guess, you know, some people had issues with it and, um, you know, the, maybe some people were smoking at the wrong places at the wrong time, you know, like maybe they're standing in front of a school bus smoking weed in front of a bunch of kids, you know, like that I can see like, okay, dude, don't smoke weed in front of a school bus, you know, cause I'm sure someone did it. You know what I mean? And we have to consume responsibly. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah, they have those commercials. Please drink responsibly. Same thing with us. Please consume responsibly. So, yeah, I, I like that one. Please, please consume responsibly. <laughs> uh, the next con is going to be inconsistency with packaging. And um, would this kind of seem more or less like it was the CCD thing and not like from the retailers? Like, hey, you know, it's a little confusing with this and this and this. But then also within this, they threw in the um, inconsistency from some of the places. Um, which I have seen it, you know, some of the packaging, like not all the information is on there or they have terpenes on this one and this one doesn't have terpenes and some of it's like small stuff, but you know, I can kind of see that, you know, there is some consistencies when it comes to packaging. It's nothing like the medical days. The medical days, I remember sometimes getting a Ziploc bag with like a sticker on it, hand jammed, you know, with all the information on there. So, I mean, we're, we've advanced, but I, I can see where they're coming from on this one a little. There may be room for improvement. Yeah, yeah, like, like anything. You know, I kind of feel the, the labeling aspect is, is one of them, but, you know, I don't see it something as one of our main issues in the state. But I can see that, you know, from a customer standpoint. You know, it's like, uh, well, this is weird. It's not like the other one. Um, so here's the next one, and this one's big. Um, and this one we actually stayed for a few minutes on during the, the town hall. Cannabis uh, production limits uh, right now are capped at 20K, um, and that was an emergency rule during the beginning of the um, industry when it came out. And right now, micro is only allowed 200 plants, which is significantly less than you know what the big producers can grow. So there was talks of, okay, 
we need to increase microplants, but by how much? Like, you know, I literally asked that question to the crowd. I said, okay, we need to increase it, but what do we increase it to? And so this is what they came up with. They said increase micros um, to 20% of the 20,000, which gives you 2,000. And I, I think that's a pretty good number. My only issue with that number is say if they go down from the 20K and the state says, well, actually, and they're, they're actually talking about lowering the number of plants that you can grow on the big licenses uh, because there's too much cannabis or something like that, or they're afraid of oversaturation. So if that goes down, that number goes down too. So my only concern would be that. Now, if we did go that route, I would feel there would have to be a grandfather clause or something that like if we go up, we can stay up. We just can't go down when it comes to the micros, if that makes sense. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's tricky. I definitely think, I mean, as a micro business, it's hard to even make it off 200 plants. I think 100% yeah. the limit needs to be increased. Yeah. And that's what you're saying. It is. It is. It's hard to figure out by how much, but mm -hmm. it would be nice to be able to go like 1,000 plants. 1,000 to 2,000 plants is a lot of plants. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of plants to give love to. I mean, yeah. most grows that are not micro businesses, they're growing 2,000 plants, 3,000 plants. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of cultivation space. And so, I mean, I don't know. I think that for me, like, yeah, if I could grow a thousand plants and they raise it to a thousand plants, that'd be awesome. That'd yeah. be where I need to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel for a micro thousand to 2000 plants is just, you know, perfect, you know, cause you know, like, like your grow, you know, it's not huge. It's not one of those big facilities. You know, you could probably fit 2000 plants in there. Right. No, I could yeah. fit 2000 plants. <laughs> I'm limited on space, but I would, I mean, dude, that's the plan. You know, we're all, anyone who's in the cannabis industry wants to expand at some point, you know, yeah. you want to grow more and yeah, it'd be yeah. nice to see an expension and not have to yeah. apply for a new license. That, that right. Exactly. More, you have to apply for a new license. Yeah. And that, that's another thing that, you know, I kind of feel needs to happen is if, and then you make it a little bit easier when it's time for you to grow, you know what I mean? When it's time for you to kind of leave that, you know, a micro business shell and then move on to a bigger license. They should make it a little bit easier because they even said the reason for the micro license was to give people a stepping stone to start. And so that should be a part of, you know, the whole process and, you know, journey of it is to be allowed to get more plants when you need it. Um, so it's great to talk to a micro producer about this too, because you give me straight insight and, you know, Everyone that I've talked to tells me 200 isn't enough. And I told legislature when they proposed that, because at first I think it was 100 um, or something like that. And I said, they need significantly more. And then they went to 200. I'm like, they need significantly more. And then it stayed at 200. So I, I don't know really where the justification of that really came from, but that's, that's where we're at. And like I said, this was a conversation that went on for a minute. You know, other numbers were thrown out and everything, but that's a good start, you know, 20% of 20K. But then my thing is, what if that number goes down, you know? Yep. Well, I so, know that these, these, these rules are changed at the legislative level, so hopefully we yeah. can change that. Yeah, and, you know, this is one reason why we're having these meetings, so that way we can figure out come legislative session and season that, okay, well, what do we need to put in here to change to help us better? You know, so that's why, you know, I'm sharing it with all of you as well. Um, so you can get an idea of what the industry down south is saying. I'll do this again when we go up north or anywhere else that we do this. Um, so, yeah, keep everybody in the loop. That way we're prepared. So going down the next one, um, that one I kind of figured I was going to stick a little bit around on for a while anyway. Um, concrete resources. So that's a con. We don't have as many concrete resources for like education. And they don't mean just like, you know, getting your bachelor's and whatever. They mean in business. They mean um, taxes. They mean in, you know, compliance. They mean just with the plant in general. Because there's some people that got into this industry. They had 
no education on the plant, no education on the industry, no education on how to run a business. And then they came in and it, it caused a lot of issues. And so this was what they were saying, you know, the people here that we need more education um, for these business owners. And, you know, I agree, but are we going to force people to do it or are we going to have the state offer it for free for the business owners? You know, like how, what's the route we're going to do to fix this issue? I think that's part of the fun, dude, is figuring out how to run a successful business, yep. learning all the requirements because not everyone, you know, you're not going to be successful if you don't learn yeah. the qualifications. I mean, yeah, I think the state needs to do more, but everyone needs to do their part and spend the time learning and doing research. And dude, like you have to, you have to take on some of that burden too. Yeah, 100%. You know, I'm with you on that one. If, if you really want to make your business thrive and you want to do it, you're either going to hire someone who knows what they're doing or you're going to learn it yourself or you're going to fail. I'm asking, yeah. Do I learn this yeah. stuff myself? I've called the CCD. I've called BioTrack. I've called you name it. My accountant. I've called so many people asking questions because I want to do it the right way. And that's how I've learned and scaled it. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, if you are, if anyone's out there watching and you're not too sure how to go about it, just call, just ask, you know, that the, the worst they can do is say, I don't know, or you can't do that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's about, that is all those will go, <laughs> you know, so that's the worst. But um, the other part of that is understanding capital funding for cannabis businesses. Um, and this one uh, kind of tags into what we already talked about, you know, being underfunded and um, not understanding, you know, cannabis business. So that was, that one was tied into it. We kind of already talked in that, but that was mentioned. And I wanted to, wanted to mention it. So, um, the next one down the list is testing requirements. So I'm, I'm sure you know you have to get your cannabis tested and everything. Um, what they were saying about this is the lack of um, oversight and the amount of testing that we do do. Some of the people were saying that we need to uh, be more vigorous with our tests and you know do more analytical stuff to figure out. And others were saying that there needs to be more availability of testing facilities, which you know I've been talking about and preaching for you know months now that we need more testing facilities we don't have any in the south we have to go up north we have to go past the border check you know and you know if something stupid goes there you lose your cannabis and you know you lost the test and money and everything so um it would just save us a lot by doing that and everything so uh, what are your thoughts on like you know testing requirements where they are god so testing requirements have been a bottleneck since day one it's been a real pain yeah. in the ass <laughs> dealing with wait times at testing facilities yeah. A lot more popping up in Albuquerque right now, which is awesome. Um, that's where I get a lot of my material tested. I think mm -hmm. for you in the South at that border checkpoint, it makes things very tricky and weird up there. So yeah. I, think, I think 100% you guys need more testing facilities in Las Cruces. That's a great business for someone to, to, to get into out there. Like, I keep telling people. Yeah, they're like, oh. Huh? It's a gold mine, dude. Oh, it is. They're like, oh, well, they have them up north. I'm like, do you not know what's 15 miles north of us? A border check. <laughs> like... You know, like that's that's your way to get around and make sure that you're making your money because there's a lot of grows in the south. You know, there's there's quite a few down here, so you know that we I could benefit. Grows. Yeah, yeah, there's some huge ones. I hope to go check out uh, Matchbox here soon. Um, I was talking to him, and he was like, "Yeah, come check it out." I was like, "Oh, I'm so excited." <laughs> I, like, I like their vibe for sure. Yeah, me too. I love checking out grows. Can't wait to check out yours too. By the way, Dude, um, bro. thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah. So um, this other one, it goes into the testing too. Uh, this is lack of state funding for labs, and I guess uh, yeah, because labs they're they're not state funded; they're personal funded. So I wasn't too sure what they meant by that. Um, I did hear someone say that uh, the CCD themselves need more funding. So I think that what they're saying is that 
these organizations need more funding so that way they can provide certain services better. Like um, the CCD needs more funding for um, themselves because they need more compliance officers. You know, they only have so certain many. And, you know, if you have more compliance officers, they can do more inspections to make sure people are, you know, following the law. And the ones that refuse to fix any of the issues, you know, they get taken out of the industry. So you know, there's things like that. Um, but that's, that's when I heard that, I was like, oh, I mean, they're, they're privately owned. Um, and, you know, it should be up to the owner to up that cost. Unless the state makes it some weird requirement where you have to have such and such uh, machine. But then I would say, you know, just give them a rebate or something like that or, you know, or, you know, something, you know, because there does, there does need to be a little bit more standardization for it. And I think if it's privately owned, it should be privately financed. So that's yeah. just how I feel about that. I don't think the state should be giving any money to people opening up testing labs. No, I mean, I either. I mean, as far as the, the CCD goes, I don't think there issues a lack of funding. I just think it's a lack of people wanting to work. True. You that could be it too, you know. Probably yeah. harder. And I know it's hard for them to find good employees. Yeah. And, you know, these people have to learn these, uh, all these rules and laws like, like that. So I'm sure it's a lot of reading and, you know, not everybody wants to read that much. I mean, I know every January I kind of dread reading some of these bills cause they're over a hundred something pages long and I'm like, Oh God, I'm going to be up all night, but it is what it is. And I do what I do. Right. Yep. Exactly. We love it. Yeah. We love this stuff. We, we do this cause we love it. It's crazy. Yes. Hard. We're so passionate about it. Sometimes it, it doesn't feel like work, bro. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's like, man, it's a fun job, but it's still a job, as Cypress Hill said in that song. <laughs> so um, this other one goes back to testing, better heavy metal testing. And that goes back to the very first one we're talking about, you know, being a little bit more uh, strict on our testing, because I guess we're running into some heavy metal issues in certain places. And, you know, like, I can agree, you know, we should be testing for heavy metals, you know. Yeah. My producer's over here, you know, rocking out. Not that metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm just not <laughs> rocking out heavy metal. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not as I'm not as uh, knowledgeable on that topic. I don't yeah. know if there's enough science to what heavy metals do to you when you're smoking cannabis. I agree though. Like, I want the least amount of stuff in my cannabis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want the cleanest product possible. Like, yeah. if someone says there's heavy metals in my weed, I'm like, why? <laughs> uh, that sounds scary. Yeah, it's like, 100%. Um, and this next one, this one has nothing to do with uh, testing. This is a brand new one. OSHA and CCD compliance checks. So what they meant, and like this one directly, okay, I could see. Uh, just some of these operators aren't knowledgeable on OSHA. And, you know, um, they're making a very unsafe work environment. And if a few people, actually, when I was there at the town hall, this was echoed by several people there. There was quite a few people there. So that's telling me that, you know, there's a lack of education on the OSHA side too, on just even common sense stuff. Like, you know, if there's water on the ground, mop it up so no one falls, you know, like simple stuff like that, that, you know, they were bringing up. I'm like, wow, some of the stuff is very um, common sense wise, but, you know, common sense isn't very common. Yeah, totally. I mean, dude, when you're running it, when you're running a commercial business, you can go to OSHA's website and they have all the guidelines you need to follow. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. The information's there if you want to learn it. You know? Yeah. It just, it takes a little bit of work, you, get, you know, to, to find it, to get it, get to it. And once it's there, it's free. You know, you can pay somebody. Yeah. You know, you, you can pay a consultant. You know, you can, you can go that route too, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. So, you know, there's, there's always options, but yeah. So that one, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see, you know, but that's an OSHA thing. I believe that's federal. So the state has nothing to even do with that. That would just be more of OSHA cracking down. And I kind of see 
that being more of a thing once we either deschedule or reschedule, whichever one happens, um, I see OSHA kind of coming down a little bit more because it'll just be easier for them. Um, so th that's my thoughts on that. Um, anything else for that one? Because, I mean, it's kind of important, OSHA. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add to that. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, standards for training. Now, this one uh, pertains to the employer. So you are required to train your employees if they work for you, just like any business. Um, so what they're saying is there's no standards for training employees, which um, for me, that's kind of confusing because most jobs that I've worked at, there hasn't been like a state requirement on like how we're trained. It was just up to the company to train us. And, you know, sometimes they would check to make sure if we were trained correctly. So this one, I kind of feel they want us to have a standardization through the state because a lot of these places have never ran a business. So they don't know how to train their employees or, or they just don't know about the industry or the plant. So how are they going to train their employees? This goes back to me saying, you have to hire somebody. You know, if you're, you're not sure how to train your employees, if you're not doing it right, your only option at that point is really to just hire somebody who will train your employees. Hire a literal trainer. Um, some cannabis businesses here in Cruces have them. Um, they will go and train the employees um, and then go on to the next one, et cetera, et cetera, and ensure that, you know, they are doing it to the, to the company spec, essentially. So, um, I mean, that, that's kind of common sense to me. But, I mean, how do you feel about it? Um, I think that it is up to the employee to train their employees on what needs to be done at the grow. Um, I think that the CCG could maybe help with compliance. Maybe they make a yearly video on yeah. new things that are being added to compliance and stuff like, like that. that. That'd be really cool. But as far as, you know, it's the employer's job to understand compliance mm -hmm. and train his employees on being compliant and following the rules. That's a yeah. no brainer. And then any proprietary stuff that you're doing at your grow, I mean, that's your responsibility to train your employees on it. And you can yeah. let them know as much as you need to or as little as you need to. But yeah. it's up to the employee to train their employees and mm -hmm. make sure that their operation is running as efficient as possible. Yeah, because, you know, you have to train your employee to use that troll master behind you. You'll have to train your employees to, you know, how you want to defoliate because it's different everywhere you go. Every grow, every retail is a little bit different. Like, not every retail uses the same POS system. So you're going to have to get trained on that exact POS system everywhere you go. And it's up to the employer to do that. It's not up to the state. So I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. You know, if you're going to get into this business, you got to do it all right. You know what I mean? You have to do everything. So, you know, like, it's just, it is what it is. And if you want to make it, you'll do it. You know, and, you know, some people are doing it. And those are I mean, things that's standard amongst all of us. That's compliance. 100%. That's really the you main know. thing people need to be trained on is just compliance. That's standard mm -hmm. for every cannabis business. And then it's up to the employer to... Do you think? Enforce and guide, exactly, you know, and, and delegate, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we have that um, similarity. But, if you know, you watch and if you guys disagree, agree, et cetera, you know, that's, that's your opinions. And, you know, these are the opinions mostly of the people of the industry. I just so happen to agree on this one in particular. Um, oh, moving yeah. on, outdoor consumption. Now, this one is only an issue. Because in the CRA, it, we are allowed outdoor consumption, but some local jurisdictions uh, didn't like that. Like here in Cruces, Doña Ana, the county, uh, said no to outdoor consumption. So we have no outdoor consumption. And that actually technically means even in your backyard. Um, and so I kind of feel that needs to be solidified in law to where they can't do that. Because that's a little ridiculous. You know, people would actually prefer you to smoke outside versus inside because, you know, you don't want to get smoke all in your house. So, you know, even with consumption lounges, and I went back to the, I'm going back to the other argument with the three-foot fence. You know, you have those situations too. So, um, 
my thing on that is it's the outdoor consumption. And I told them, I said, this is more of a rules thing, guys, than a law thing. I do feel it needs to be solidified. But the way that you change that is you go to, you know, county hearings and you go to city council hearings, you know, and that's the way that gets changed. Here in Cruces, we'll have to do that, you know, and it's, it's going to be a little, yeah. little bit of a battle. You definitely have to participate in local politics to make these changes happen. I agree with that. I think smoking outdoors, it should maybe have a few restrictions, but for the most part, I like to smoke outdoors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Like, yeah, you know, there should be some restrictions, of course. But yeah, you know, I, I feel like I should be able to smoke outdoors just like the guy smoking the cancer stick, you know? And so, you know, yeah. I'd rather breathe in, breathe in weed smoke any day than cigarette smoke. Me too. It's stinky. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, weed smoke smells so much better, you know, especially when it's good cannabis, like from Alto. <laughs> so going down the next one um stronger communication between state department and the agriculture and ccd so this one is more of an agency issue uh versus like law or anything they're just stating that we need more um communication and better communication between these agencies which i agree but that's uh, uh a government issue and that's something that we really can't do much about other than let our representatives know hey this is an issue blah 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 and hopefully they can talk to the agencies or something like that. But this is an agency issue, not a law issue. I mean, they could implement something in the law that these agencies have to talk to each other once a quarter, et cetera, et cetera. But that's all I can think of. Yeah, I think they need to, they need to scale their infrastructure that they have for communication between agencies. There's a lot of disconnection. Um, you know, I don't think the Department of Agri Agriculture is educated enough on cannabis rules and regulations. I think they mm -hmm. need to be more, you know, they need to have better training on that. Yeah, and what makes it confusing is Department of Ag in New Mexico is actually down here in Las Cruces at New Mexico State. So it's the only agency that isn't in Santa Fe. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah, it's strange. Nice for me, because I can just go down there, but yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it makes sense too, though, because they have the university there, and that's an yeah. agricultural university, so I can see yeah. why they Dude, there. I was like, a month years old, like last month when I found out Aggies means agriculture, I was like, <laughs> and my producer's looking at me pissed as shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know where I was when I heard that one. Huh? We're playing the agricultures. <laughs> We're playing them there, farmers. That's <laughs> pretty much what it is, too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, on that one, there was a, a little sub thing talking about pesticides and health concerns. So I think I remember that that's what they were talking about. You know, they need to speak to each other because certain crops are spraying certain pesticides that isn't allowed in the cannabis industry and is tainting the their crops that they had nothing to do with. So that is an issue. I can see that. Um, but again, that would be an agency thing versus, you know, a whole state thing. You know, the agencies need to kind of work that out. And the farmers actually need to start speaking up on that, too. You know, like the, the farmers that are having that issue and, you know, all of them kind of need to speak up on that as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know of too many large-scale weed grows that are next to farms. I'm sure there's many of them. Yeah. But uh, the testing facilities do a good job on testing. They test for a lot of uh, harmful pesticides on weed. 100%. Yeah, like I haven't seen too much of that issue either. I only know one farm that's right next to another farm, and that's in Roswell. Um, it's right next to like a corn farm. Um, but that's the only one that I know of off the top of my head, and that's only because I've been there. Um, and I don't even know if they're still growing corn because it's been like five years since I've been there. 
Um, so, but yeah, that's it for that one. We have a couple left, um, and that'll be it for the episode. I just want to finish this. Um, they're talking about the stigmatized cannabis and mental behavior health. This one, actually, I agree with, and I kind of feel it needs to happen um, because there's still a lot of um, reefer madness inside of the medical field, and, you know, there's certain doctors who are educated, some that aren't, nurses that are, nurses that aren't, some that are pros, some that are against. And it really makes it hard when you're trying to deal with other things if you're talking to your doctor and he says do you smoke and you say yes i use cannabis the next thing you know you get a huge lecture this happened to me i pulled my back muscle and i thought i slipped a disc and i went to the uh the clinic and i took a few bond rips before i went my buddy picked me up because i couldn't even drive i was that messed up i like my back and so i get in and you know they make a big old stink about it you know like the nurse is giving me hell about it the doctor was giving me hell about it and like i just wanted to know what was going on like i i was like I had to tell my doctor, I was like, ma'am, can you please hold the scolding for later? I just want to figure out what's wrong with my back. And she got, like, kind of confused. I'm like, I'm not here to get drugs, lady. <laughs> like, I'm in pain. And I'm so, injured. yeah, it's stuff like that that shouldn't be happening in the first place, you know? Similar things like that have happened to me, too. I think things are changing rapidly, though, when it comes, when it comes you know, to that type of treatment. Like, cannabis is widely accepted now. 100%. I think, I think it's changing. I do too. It's slowly changing. This actually happened, um, disclosure, before legalization. So, you know, this was probably a year or two before legalization happened. So the stigma is still there and everything. But these days, I find it, kind of feel that, yeah, it, it should slow down. And I think it is, like you said. So, yeah. But that was what they were saying, you know, they want to destigmatize. I was like, okay, I can see that. Because even with the VA, you know, I, I know they're federal, but sometimes it's kind of a pain in the ass when you tell them you use a medical cannabis. They're like, well, uh, do you want us to send you to, to drug help or whatever? And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> so um, next on that is uh, where is the funding going? And I, I spoke briefly about this earlier, about taxes and, you know, all that stuff. You know, we they want more transparency of where it goes because it goes to the general fund, and that's very vague on where the funds go in there. So they want to know, is it going to schools? Is it going to behavior health? Is it going to veteran programs? Can we get them into these programs? You know, can we fund the schools more? Can we fund veteran programs? You know, so that I can see is kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm all for figuring out where our taxes go. Um, so this is something that I kind of feel that, you know, needs to be talked about. Um, I don't know if it's something that needs to even be changed with the law. They could probably just be more transparent about it. I agree with that hundred uh, percent. I think the funding where the funding go, is going should be transparent because we want to see it go for good things. We want to see it go for the betterment of our state. Yes. And education is very important. Behavioral health is important. You know, our poor veterans, they are important. So, yeah, I would love to know where it's going. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate your support, by the way. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an important thing where, you know, we know where this is going because we talked earlier, you know, these – that $47 million that they got in taxes, you know, we want to make sure it's going to something good, you know, so that, that, that I was like, okay, I can see that. Um, so the next one eliminates THC testing. Now this one kind of confused me um, when I, yeah, yeah, I had the same look at it that you have like, what? So this one confused me. What I think they meant is eliminate um, mandatory THC testing only and they want to add in like terpenes and other stuff for the testing. I think what they're trying to say is stop focusing so much on THC and let's focus more on the whole plant and what else is inside of it. So that I can get. Eliminating THC testing, I don't see that going anywhere. 
um, it's it's a sales point these days, really, uh, because um, you and I know that a 16% THC cannabis plant with a 3%, 3.5% terps, you know, could be an amazing cannabis plant, could be amazing smoke. Um, so it's not always the 30 percenters that are, you know, considered great cannabis plants. So I can see that there, but at the same time, I don't see them getting rid of it. Um, I don't see how that affects the end user. So you go to the dispensary, you buy flour. Are you going to ask for the terp, the terp graph and all that, you know, the testing document? Because no one asks that anyways. So, you know, yeah. you're not currently asking for that. Why would, why, I just, you know, that's how I see it. I think, you know, good growers want to know that, you know, all the micro growers, all the micro uh, growers that I know, we do full panels on our weed. Yeah. Potency analysis, potency analysis and a terpene analysis. And so we all do that. And it's more money. It's like a hundred more dollars per sample to have that. And it's important, but I don't know. I don't, I think the end user would have to request that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. To, to me, it was kind of like, you know, and this is just what they said. We just wrote down what they wrote, you know, and um, I'm just reading it to you all in the audience. Um, but yeah, this one, it was a little confusing to me. Um, I do feel that we need to focus a little bit more on, you know, the whole plant, not just THC, CBD, you know, and that CBD. Education. Yes. Like, you know, that's your job. You're out here, yeah. you have an audience, you get to pre, you know, you get to educate people every day that you're on your show. So yeah. Comes up to yeah, hundred percent. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm all for, you know, terpene testing. I love the terps. You know, I want to know what terps are in there. And when I go to Washington state, I appreciate it because on their labels is the terps percentage. They have the THC Ooh. and the terps. Yeah. That's cool. So, you know, and you know, it's not required here, but you guys can totally do it if you want it to. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And then there's actually um, some places where you have like the the legal limit of what you need on the la label, and then it has a QR code that has everything. That's pretty cool too. So. Yeah, I like that idea too. But that's just another step for the grower, you know. Now, okay, now I'm having to. I don't know. I'm sure the process can be streamlined, where the testing facility gives you, a, and, and they actually do that. The testing facility, a lot of them will supply you with a QR code. You could then translate that onto package labeling. And it does give you the potency and stuff like that. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, kind of exists. Yeah, I love technology. So. Yeah. Um, that's all I had for that one. The last one would be transparency with meetings. And what that means is, um, the, the CRAC, the crack, you know, the CRAC meeting, which is, you know, the advisory board, um, the CCD hearings and you know, some other committee hearings that they have. Um, this is a government issue. Um, they are pretty transparent about the meetings, but sometimes they're not good at telling us when they're happening. Um, and I've noticed that from the city all the way up to the, you know, the, the full state legislature, you know, it's just, it is what it is. There's times where I get a text from a legislature day of, Hey, we're having this hearing on cannabis. Can you make it? And I'm like, I had no clue that was going on. So this is something that I kind of feel goes back to the issue that we were talking about, um, with the communication between, you know, a CCD, um, the department of ag, et cetera, et cetera, you know, within the different agencies, um, they are fairly transparent, but yeah, I kind of feel they need to work on just being better at letting us know and scheduling. That's the only thing I could think of. I think it's an easy, it's an easy uh, problem to attack because they have all our emails. Every yeah. business owner, they have an email form. So send some email blasts out, maybe a monthly thing from the CCD that tells you the meetings that are you know happening the next month or two months. Something like that would help a lot. They're not doing that right now. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and who knows? Maybe it could be funding. I don't know. I don't know what their reasoning would be behind that. But that's a great idea to you know email blast all of the owners. And it's not hard. You know, once you get that list, you just add the list to the email, and boom, 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 it goes. So 
yeah, I love that. And, you know, thank you so much for, for joining me today because that is the end of the, the list. Thank you all for sticking by. I know some of it probably got boring, but this is very important, especially if you're in the industry, because we're going to be having these meetings and some of the stuff may be double tapped. You know, some of you may bring it up again. Um, I'm probably going to hear some of these same things over and over. Um, that's fine. But if you watch the show, you can see that some of these are being addressed or they've been addressed. So I really appreciate you joining me, man. And, you know, I hope it wasn't too boring for you at the end there. <laughs> no, do you know what? I think that it's fun to nerd out on this stuff. This is the important stuff that people don't want to talk about or don't have time to talk about. So it's important to talk about all these issues that are facing our community, the good and the bad, elaborate on them, give our point of views. Like, I appreciate it. I think it was like, it was a little intense, you know, as it, it was intense, but I think it was necessary, man. Thanks. Thanks 100%. for having me on the show. And Everyone who supports Alto, thank you for supporting Alto from the bottom of our heart. Thank you, guys. Uh, please follow us at Alto Cannabis NM. Uh, if you haven't already, DM me. I'll write you back. I run that page. <laughs> awesome. Heck yeah, man. Sweet. Sounds good. Yeah, I, that's why I message him usually. I have his number, but I always message him on Instagram for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I appreciate you joining me again. I can't wait to have you again in the future. You know, I want to round back and see all my guests again and see how they're doing, you know, maybe within a year or so, you know, maybe sometime next year. So I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you at more events, bro. And I can't wait to see you when you come down here. So uh, hit me up, you know, Chris's crap. I'll take care of you. My gosh, you do. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful day. You too, man. All right, guys. Shoots. I'll see y'all next week.